Welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout outs, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Woodbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody, because it's just Tom, Zach, Sarah, and I today. Well, I do have a question. Given that you've made the shout out that you wanted T-Swift to call you, and now she's she's rudely passed you by for Travis Kelsey, have you been able to, you know, bounce back no. from that? I mean, he is kind of a two-time, you know, Super Bowl champion. And whilst I think trauma surgeons are top-notch, you're not Super Bowl champions. Well, so currently, T Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map. I don't know if you've seen the latest. That's not exactly what I think the Kansas City Chiefs would argue. But you know what? I'm willing to. I'm willing to concede your point. So that's what the New York Times says. So I. I believe. You know it. what? There you go. Honestly, it's been. Um, I don't know if you can. It's you can emotional. hear it in my voice, yeah. but it's been. A, it's been a tough week. It's been. <laughs> Your eyes did look a little puffy, but I didn't know if maybe you just needed some cucumber mask. No, so I wasn't sure. Some tears were shed yeah. after Sunday night. Well, that was that could have been because of the, our Cowboys loss, but you know what? Either way, so it was probably both both things. I'm pretty yeah. sure I told you the Cowboys suck like oh, two weeks look, ago. The look, Patriots are look. We don't have to go undefeated to be amazing, yeah. okay? I feel like we can still hoist the trophy in the end. Nobody is, you know, nobody's counting us out yet. Mark, let me ask you a question. You're going to quit reading just because you can't read the word the? No, you're not, right? At least I hope not. <laughs> no, but I'm going to think twice about quitting. <laughs> no, but he's going to think twice about Pride and Prejudice, okay? Like, he may not get, you know, through, you know, great expectations. Maybe. <laughs> but you know that Bear Week? I think it's kind of an interesting thing for us only because this is the third season that Fracture Line has talked about Fat Bear Week. So we've been doing this for three years and now the government's going to shut us out of Fat Bear Week. Right? I'm very upset about this. Even if you don't solve your budget crisis, people, at least get a continuing resolution that lasts through Fat Bear Week. We should uh, go to our legislature's uh, legislative... Uh, that's worth and writing your Congress people Congress about. People be like, hey, guys need to, you guys need to put a little claimer in there that even if the government shuts down, Fat Bear Week still goes on. Yeah, I think we could actually sue them because our listeners are going to definitely go down because we're not having an episode about Fat Bear Week. Obviously. Well, just imagine if all of our listeners wrote letters to their Congress people. I mean, that would be at least seven letters, you guys. Yeah. If somebody writes Sarah Ann a letter about Fat Bear Week, you know, can we give them a prize, Sarah? Yes. Yes. If someone proves that they sent a letter to their <laughs> congressperson that they wanted yes. to have the continued resolution passed in honor of Fat Bear Week, I will send you a t-shirt. Guaranteed double stamp. Because I feel that strong about Fat Bear Week. You guys, I'm tweeting up a storm about Fat Bear Week and how I want Congress to solve this mess so that it can the voting continues. I'll like it and retweet it. I'll repost it. Repost every time. I appreciate that. I there appreciate you have that. it, with There you have it. You get a free t-shirt for writing yes. your congressman. There yes. You yes. About maintaining the National Park Service during the potential shutdown. Even if, you know, even if it's just a short shutdown. We just need it to, you know, we just need it to survive through October 9th. After that, if you want to close the government for a while, 
I, I can't really make a political statement on this podcast. That's other people's business. My business is just voting for Otis to win. <laughs> I even ordered you guys a special t-shirt. There was a pre-order that said Otis is king. And <laughs> if I know it is fantastic. And if he wins, then I get my new Otis t-shirt. I'm so excited. <laughs> Tom, Tom looks like he's struggling. He's in pain. Yeah. yeah he's he's heard me talk a lot about Fat Bear Week. So... Can we just ask Tom about his week and, you know, if there's anything on... Yeah. Tom, what's going on? Oh, I don't know. Just feeling old today. Let me tell you what happened on rounds. So we're making rounds. The the e, the EM resident, second year, I think she's probably... How old would a second year EM resident be? 29? Probably 28. Late 20. So after pointing out to her twice that she stopped, she needed to stop referring to our transgender patient as a he, she kept, they are a they, and that's what the pro, that's the pronoun that they wanted to use, want us to use. So I ended up pointing out to her twice and she turns and she goes, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty woke for an old white guy. That's what she said to me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Look at that. You got put in your place for being politically correct. I'll be that. darned. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how to take that. I wasn't offended, but because I, you know, I, but I could have been. I could have been. A lesser, person, a lesser man would have been offended by that. <laughs> wow. Good oh, for man. You, Tom. That's the kind of day I'm having. There you go. I will say in his defense, last night we had um, a conference call with Dr. Black over in the UAE. And of course, because of the time difference and whatever, it was... It was eight o'clock mountain time. And so, because we were trying to time it for it to be Friday morning for Dr. Black. And anyway, and Dr. White happened to be in the hospital at the time. And there was a screamer patient that kept interrupting the call who apparently was on the <laughs> unit and was not happy to be on the unit. So as we were trying to have this Zoom call with Dr. Black, every four and a half seconds, you heard just expletives, just a stream of expletives as though there was a sailor on the unit, not to disparage sailors, but it was just, you guys are a bunch of blah, 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 you know, and I'd be like, mute, please mute, because the Zoom was just filled with the sounds of this person anytime a staff member would wander by, and so he would quickly mute and then unmute to, to answer whatever question we were discussing, so it was it was definitely an entertaining, although maybe not as productive Zoom call as probably could have been if said patient were minding their manners. But Are we trying to do SeaWiz uh, International 2024 in the UAB? We are going to have SeaWiz Dubai in November 2024. You guys, we're working it out. That is, I, I guess this is like the unofficial announcement that there will be SeaWiz Dubai in 2024. We're nailing down the dates right now. Oh man, this so, episode is hot off the press. So this this is new. hot off the press. Literally less than twenty four hours old. I don't think I'm allowed in that country. Okay, speaking of that, so one of the things that Doctor Black was telling us about being, I mean, about putting on a course, which I didn't remember this from the last time we did we did a partner course in twenty eighteen, and I don't remember this happening back then, but maybe it did, and I just don't remember. Um, but he was saying that. You do have to, and again, maybe this is a new rule, or maybe we did this and my memory is failing me, but you have to submit a copy of your passport, a copy of your CV, and all of your slides to the police, and they have to review them to make sure that there's no 
disparaging comments made about the country or any of the sheiks in advance. We think the ACCME is, you know, like a stiff penalty. Gotta keep sheik jokes at a minimum. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta watch out for Tom here. Tom might not be allowed in that country. You gotta look at his TV real tight. I, I was pretty, uh, pretty surprised. Uh, when you get thrown in jail or prosecuted, things are very strict. Absolutely. So it, uh, it was a pretty fascinating call. So yes, hot off the press. We're less than twenty-four hours out. That's exciting. Zivas Dubai will be coming. Put it on your calendar. Put it in your budget. Now, if I recall, Dr. Black was on this uh, Fracture Line with us one time, and I thought he was probably one of the most interesting men He in remains the world. that way. I think that is yeah. the case. Do you guys remember in Fast and Furious 7 where they were jumping from building to building in that, um, what was that? It was like a Likert sports car, like um, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. You guys remember that? That was awesome. That was in Dubai, I think, wasn't it? I'm not going to lie to you. I've made it a life's goal to not see any of the Fast and Furious movies. Can we tell the listeners that Zach's name today, maybe they don't know that Zach changes his name on the podcast every time, but now it's Zach Dude Where's My Car. Yeah, Dude Where's My Car. If you don't know anything about Dr. Bauman, he has a wonderful taste in movies and entertainment. Cultural references. And definitely <laughs> Fast and Furious is up there with our the greatest, so... And if you haven't seen Dude, Where's My Car? This is your first show called Is that action. the name of a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It has impacted the name of a movie. Oh, God. Tom, you got to see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty It started funny. Ashton Kutcher. It's one of his best. <laughs> it may be one of his only. <laughs> if you like Ashton Kutcher, which I do like, I like him as an actor. Is it's he from the 70s watch, show? Um, yeah. Tom, yeah. you actually <laughs> smarter after watching that movie it like it actually just makes people smarter really because most after those movies most of those movies i feel stupider no not this one no no this one's educational i think that movie taught me how to read well that doesn't say much because we're still not confident you can so i'm not actually sure that speaks in favor of the movie it may actually be the the reverse dude where's my car it sounds even cooler when you say it yeah it does <laughs> i'm gonna pull up the trailer were we supposed to be talking about something specific in this uh, podcast today, or is it just is it random? Yes, you know what? We're talking about your two recent publications. I was going to shout them out, and then we got off track. So <laughs> UNMC just published two, or just had two publications released. Tell us about them. Oh, well, shoot. I, I bet you put me on the spot. Uh, well, one of them... Go with the titles first. Yeah, he doesn't remember I, the Actually, titles. I don't remember the titles completely, because I try to be creative with them. One of them's about delayed fixation. Both of them were presented at uh, the Seawood Summit. Um, they were. Well, I was going to say, so that's one of the things I was surprised about, is that they did not come out in our normal... They didn't? In our normal publication. They came out in the September edition, whereas everything else is coming out in the December edition. Oh, really? I didn't even realize that that was the situation. Right. So the one is surgical stabilization of rib fractures is associated with better return on investment for a healthcare institution than non-operative management. And the other is better late than never, a single center review of delayed rib fixation for symptomatic rib fractures and non-unions. Yeah. No, those are the two. I didn't realize that they were going to be in the special edition. That's kind of a, a little bit sad. I was uh, hoping that they would be in the special edition, but I didn't know how, you, I can't, I guess I don't know how to tell them. And I don't know. Pre-publication. Uh, but the return on investment one, that one's kind of an interesting one because we looked at the comparison of patients that underwent rib uh, fixation versus those that did not. And we compared it to not necessarily to each other, 
Well, we compared it to Vizient. Um, we do a lot of Vizient work uh, at our institution. We're constantly being kind of hit over the head with Vizient um, metrics. And they one of their big things is length of stay. <clears throat> and our length of stay is always an, is a hot button with our administration. And so um, I looked at how the how operating on patients versus not operating on patients got them out of the hospital in relation to their Vizient predicted length of stay. And what we showed was that if you operate on those individuals, yes, they were in the hospital a little bit longer than the patients that were managed non-operatively. But when you compared it to the patients that, or when you compared it to what Vizient predicted they should be in the hospital, it was actually shorter by a day for the patients that were managed um, operatively. And it was two days longer than what Vizient predicted for those patients managed um, non-operatively. And the interesting thing was is that the patients that we operated on had a much higher case mix index, which means they were just much more complicated patients at baseline, um, you know, based off their comorbidities, based off their injury patterns and whatnot. So they were just much more complicated, but yet when we operated on them, we got them out of the hospital faster than what they predicted. And that prediction model does use the case mix index. Whereas if those patients that were managed non-operatively, they weren't nearly as complex because their case mix index was like half of what it was compared to the operative group, but they were in the hospital for two days longer than what was supposed to be predicted. So it just was kind of an interesting study. And then there was uh, definitely a uh, um, um, the return on investment portion. We looked at the uh, contribution margin for patients that were operated on versus those that were not operated on. And the contribution margin was about, uh, on average, about uh, $1,500 higher for those patients that were operated on. Now, there was a year, there was a weird year in there. 2020 was kind of a weird fiscal year. Um, and I, that was right when COVID was hitting. Um, and so I don't know what the situation was with reimbursements, but it was just kind of odd in that state. But overall, the average still um, was higher for the, the contribution margin. So, so definitely economic benefits, length of stay benefits um, was what we were kind of showing. And it was, it's one of the first studies that I'm aware of that actually utilizes trauma patients and Vizient, which <clears throat> Vizient and TQIP, they don't really get along a whole lot. Um, they're just kind of weird, uh, two different, two completely different databases that look at, looking at different things. And it's, no one wants to give a little bit to try to mesh the two. So we're constantly having to answer to TQIP and to Vizient, which is, which is um, frustrating at our institution. So, yeah. Well, those are both fantastic publications, it sounds like, and I think excellent contributions to the science. Thank you. Always exciting to get more publications in the in the. How many uh, abstracts are you submitting, Zach? Well, I'm hoping to have I don't know five. Now I'm I'm hoping to have at least three. I like three. I got a bunch of uh, I got some medical students right now working on some stuff, and they're supposed to have me uh, data by mid October so I can have it run with our uh, statistician, and then I would like to get them. Um, you know, if, if uh, they get accepted, you know, they always enjoy every, everyone I've ever sent to see with um, to the summit to present has always really enjoyed it. And so um, a couple of them want to go back. And so they want to like, give me a research project. I want to like, a, I need to, I need to do something. I want to present and, and uh, get that experience. And that was awesome. So trying to get them another experience, obviously it's got to be accepted by the, uh, by the committee, but um, uh, I'd like to give them the opportunity if I can. You know, it's funny, Zach, our, our, you know, my, the residents I brought last year, you know, Carl included, Everyone wants to go to Tiwis now because Carl talks about Tiwis. And, and now Carl might get displaced because we have to have new residents come to the meeting and keep Carl at home. Uh, I'm looking for Carl to join Poor us. Carl. Of but yeah, it's a good opportunity for residents to see a fun meeting with a lot of great data. So. And a few old white guys. <laughs> and a few old white your, guys. Your program can't like work it out so you can have multiple residents go at once or you just like... 
nope, Carl, you're out. You've been contributing to the organization for such a long time, but you're out. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to pull for Carl. This is like gladiator style here at the Berkshire. We're like, no, there yeah, can only be one. A, a no bullshit kind of place. And when one, when two residents want to leave at once, it's uh, it's almost always a no from them. And I'm just trying to, to kibosh that. Dude, like, you, know, you need to fix that. Yeah. I know. I need to fix that. So what are we talking about now? We got any updates there, Ann? Let's do some updates. You guys, we have actually a really terrific month in October coming up. So amazing things coming to play. October 4th, Wednesday, October 4th, we have our webinar and it's called How to Write Your Best Manuscript Ever. And you know what? I don't think that's actually too bold of a statement because it's presented by Dr. John Mayberry. And if anyone was going to teach you how to write your best manuscript ever, I think it would be Dr. John Mayberry because that's pretty much as good as it gets. So October 4th, two o'clock mountain time, join us. It's going to be amazing. Or it will be archived if you can't join live. Dr. Mayberry is, of course, amazing. So please tune in for that one. October 19th, we have Journal Club. And that one is going to be hosted by Dr. Jonathan Wynn. And he is the lead author on a paper that Sevis just partnered with Acer, Improved Chest Wall Trauma Taxonomy and Interdisciplinary Sevis and Acer Collaboration. So that paper was just released in uh, Emergency Radiology Journal, and we're super excited about that partnership. That was kind of initially fostered and facilitated between Dr. K, or the partnership was facilitated between Dr. K and Dr. Piracci and um, was a partnership led into a project and publication. And we're just super excited that that uh, was just recently published. So uh, Dr. Wynn is going to present that article and then we'll have a discussion about that. And then we're having a social at the ACS Clinical Congress. If you are going to be in Boston on October 23rd or even in the general vicinity, Dr. Crisco, two hours away, um, drive over to Boston for Monday night, October 23rd. We're going to be having dinner at Rosa Mexicano. And uh, I think it's going to be really amazing. So the actual menu, the one I selected, is chips and salsa and guacamole. And then all tequila-based cocktails and all um, street tacos. And there was one set price. And the woman's like, oh, yeah. And I said, no, unlimited? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, you, you can't eat or drink enough to, you know, to not make this, you know, a, an appropriate price. I was like, challenge oh, extended. challenge extended. Like, <laughs> let me just be clear. Like, I, I was like, I don't feel like you, you adequately have estimated my group. Like, <laughs> I feel like maybe you've underestimated the veracity of the Chesswell Injury Society members and their guests. So... That has amazing written all over it at the Rosa Mexicano in uh, Boston, Massachusetts on the evening of October 23rd and will be supported by KLS Martin. So we appreciate them for their contribution. Fantastic. So I think, oh, and then we round off the month with case review at the end of the month. So it is going to be a very full month of stuff. Please uh, put all those on your and calendar. Get excited. November 1st, abstracts due. And oh, abstracts yeah. are due November 1st. So if you thought that you had any free time this month, you do not. You stand corrected. Uh, all right, let's move on to Final Stitch, everybody. Who's got something on their mind? I have one. Okay. 
as if you thought I wasn't opinionated enough. So have you guys been keeping track of the um, hospitality unions in Las Vegas? Has anybody else, anybody else been watching this, this debate going on? So heard about it, yeah. it's been a strike summer. We're all aware of the strike summer. That, that I mean, I, I am aware of this, I should say, primarily because, you know, as a meeting planner, I get all these updates when different groups strike or when different groups are having consternation. However, more than 50,000 employees um, are part of these two hospitality unions in Las Vegas, and they authorized a strike um, through a vote on Tuesday. So what they have, what this effectively means is they have given their their union boss the ability to declare a strike if if the negotiations fall apart at any point. And all they need now, now that it's been authorized, if they declare it, seven days notice, and then 50,000 hospitality workers in Las Vegas, right? Now, just to put a, put a pin in this, this affects all of the MGM properties, including Aria, Bellagio, Excalibur, Luxor, Mandalay Bay, MGM Grand, New York, New York, Park MGM, all of Caesars, including Caesars Forum, Caesars Palace, Flamingo, Juarez Horseshoe, Paris, Planet Hollywood, the Cromwell, the Link, and all of the Wynn and Encore resorts, as well as Circus Circus, Four Seasons, Hilton Grand Vacations, Mirage, Rio, Sahara, Las Vegas, Strat, Treasure Island, Tropicana, Trump Hotel, Las Vegas, Virgin <laughs> Hotels, Waldorf Astoria, Westgate, Binion Circa, Downtown Grand, El Cortez, Four Queens, Fremont, Golden Gate, Golden Nugget, Main Street, and the D Casino and the Plaza. All of those, right, all of those workers. It includes, as far as worker types, guest room attendants, cocktail and food servers, porters, bellmen, cooks, bartenders, laundry and, co and kitchen workers statewide. Can oh, you believe oh. that? 50,000 workers. Right. So they are looking to strike. Some of the things they're striking for, I'm fascinated by this. So I, I really? brought the article to my final stitch. Yes, I'm super fascinated about this. Um, reduced housekeeping room quotas, better safety protections, including safety commitments and expanding the use of safety buttons to more workers, stronger technology protections. They don't want to have to clean into the bed. Well, so you know what this is about. Actually, the main thing they're striking about, I guess Nevada used to have daily room cleaning as a mandatory, right? And then during COVID, they reversed that policy, right? And the and so then the workers got into a situation where now rooms don't get cleaned every day. So when they do, so some of the some of the properties now have reduced that where they're only supposed to clean every 3 or 4 days. So then by the time they actually get to the room, it's 3 or 4 days of filth, right? And they're saying by then you know, it could be totally trashed. It could be, you know, in a really bad situation and it takes them so much longer to clean, but then they have these quotas for the total number of rooms they need to clean. And so then they're, they're just working more hours, but then they're getting in trouble because they're going overtime. And so it's just this constant like struggle to get the number of rooms cleaned because they can't clean them as quickly. Right. I mean, it's kind of like cleaning your house. If you cleaned every day, it wouldn't be as hard as if you only clean once every two weeks. Right. And so super challenging for them because the workers appreciate the daily cleaning requirement. But since the state overturned that now, some of the companies are, are not requiring that and they want to go back to that. That's like one of the biggest complaints. So interesting thing, but they're actually <laughs> in a pretty good negotiating spot, right? When you think about it, because they've got this huge, I hate you. This is interesting. Do not pretend like you're asleep. 
I'm not the only one that finds this to be interesting. I'm actually interested. I just thank you. This is fascinating. Think about this. There's a huge Formula One race coming up in November. The Nationals Final Rodeo in December. A huge consumer electronics show in January that's tens of thousands of people. And then the Super Bowl in February. So November, December, January, February, they have things that are going to bring in thousands and thousands of people. At any point, these workers can decide, we're done. Like, you're done. And they walk, right? So Las Vegas is in a big world of hurt if they don't meet these workers' demands and fast because they've got all these people coming and no one will be there to clean literally any of those rooms. Think about all those places that I just named. Like, And in the meanwhile, Verbo and Airbnb are like, yeah, feel free to strike. Bye-bye. Because they want everyone to start booking Verbos and Airbnbs. And they're like, yeah, no problem. See you. Right? Oh, like, yeah. And yet there aren't enough of those properties to satiate everyone. Like, It is a fascinating conundrum. I am all in to watch it. I think, uh, yeah, especially you can imagine if it happens, Sarah, this could be really fun to watch. Oh my gosh. As a consumer with no, you know, no skin in the game, it is going to be an interesting thing to watch from this end, right? Like I, obviously if I were in the midst of it on either side of this negotiation, I'm sure I would not find it to be such frivolity. But as a person who, who can just watch it with, with pure social behavioral fascination, I am definitely going to be keeping a pin in this one. And don't worry, listeners, I will keep you updated, except for Dr. White, who has already fallen asleep. And I hate you for not being interested because this, this is a fascinating piece of where our GDP will go. Travel and, and you know recreation is a big part of what drives America. So... As far as I'm concerned, this is big. That's the best final stitch I've ever heard. Most comprehensive. I have <laughs> no way to follow that with anything of interest, so I'm done. I hate you. It's Mark, make up a final stitch for me, okay? Yeah, I got to go. I hate you. Okay, now you guys do your final stitches. No, I'm not going to be the only one. He's leaving. He's leaving. Nobody's going to listen to my final stitch after that one. No way. Goodbye. Yes, they will. Mine was economic based. Make your something more fun. I already fun. did mine. Oh my god. No, 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 no. Come up with a I final stitch. You're fine. <laughs> you, you sucked the life out of my final stitch. <laughs> you know what? That's why I love Tom White. He's an honest man. And you can he wears there you it. Because he'll just tell it like it is. He just tells it like it is. Uh, here's one. Sarah, your office, the CWIS headquarters office, is really looking sharp. Look at these new doorknobs, you guys. They finally put the doorknobs on. It is looking sharp. How are we going to give the membership a tour of, uh, of the headquarters? And how are we going to do it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could get a calendar together of, like, snapshots of the office, you know, and they could just look at various... various Seems unlikely, but maybe. <laughs> Can I read you something else? This is not really, I mean, this is a sad final stitch though. Are you prepared for sad? No, really not. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, I'm gonna read it to you anyway. So, <laughs> Dr. Carrie Battle and I were emailing back and forth and she emailed me um, this morning and she, I was asking about her day, you know, cause we'd been going back and forth about different things. And she said, it wasn't a wonderful day. I ended up spending the day on the wrong side of the NHS and a CT scan. 
I came off my road bike quite fast and went over the handlebars, landing on my head and various bones. No rib fractures, I'm pleased to report, but a chipped elbow and ligament damage to my shoulder and my oh. ankle. Badly bruised hip. I'm walking and just walking like I'm 90, but all things considered. But that's fab, all things wow. considered. Poor thing. Wow. Oh, I know. So positive well, energy well. and recovery to our dear friend. My best wishes to Dr. Battle, please. I yeah, know. Absolutely. Bike crash. No, no bueno. bueno. All right, guys. Well, that'll be the final stitch. Send some good wishes to Carrie Battle. I'm I going know. to. That's okay. what I'm I want Carl back. I'm not coming next week if Carl isn't here. I want Carl back. I don't know where Carl is. Somebody he was yell. on vacation. Maybe he's still recreating. I hope Vacation so. doesn't mean you don't do fracture line. Yeah, how many times have I been on vacation? You don't let me not do fracture line. You definitely have been on vacation a lot more than Carl, though. All right, see you, Tom. <laughs> Bye. See you, Sarah Ann.